Hello everyone, I'm Richard Roberts and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. And today I am really excited. I've got a guy on today that I've been wanting to interview for a long, long time. We've been friends, goes back many years, but he's never been on the podcast before. I am happy to introduce my longtime friend, Donnie Swagger. Donnie, God bless you and welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Richard. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I am so thrilled. You know, you and I have so much in common being sons of men whose names are known all the way around the world. Now, I get to ask you something that I get asked all the time, and I'm, I'm telling <laughs> you, I'm going to relish this. I'm going to enjoy it with all my heart. What's it like being the son of Jimmy Swaggart? What's it like being the son of Oral Roberts? <laughs> I knew you were going to turn it around on me. No, tell me what. Rich, tell me about it. Richard, I get asked that all the time. So I mean, do I. And I don't have an answer because <laughs> I've never had another father. So, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's important to, to appreciate your heritage. And you have a heritage. I have a heritage that I wouldn't trade for all the money in the world. I mean, being the son of Jimmy Swaggart has been a college experience, a life experience, a spiritual experience. Uh, that's about the only way that I can answer it. Uh, I mean, it's, I think you would say you would agree with this. It's more than just being a physical father. It's also a spiritual father. And, and that's not what, that's something that many people cannot say. And, you know, everything that I know about the work of God, I learned from him. Everything I know about the Bible, I've learned from my study and his sermons and teaching. And so it's, it's, it's a college education every day. Yes, I, I I tell people all the time, I've got, you know, I've got uh, three degrees. I've got a bachelor's, I've got a master's and a doctorate degree, but I've got another degree. And that is sitting at the feet of Oral Roberts all through the years. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Donnie, take me back to the early days of your childhood as you grew up uh, traveling with your dad and being in those services. Take me back to what that meant to you, because I know what it meant to me to do that in my life. Well, mine was a little bit different in that we were literally on the road. Um, uh, I was born in 1954, and uh, in 1960, we were living in a little nowhere place called Wisner, Louisiana. And my grandfather had pioneered and pastored the Little Assembly of God Church there in Wisner. And I had just started first grade, and he announced that he was moving to Baton Rouge to pioneer a new Assembly of God Church. And about that same time is when Dad said, told us that mom and I, that he felt the Lord was telling him it was time to go into full-time evangelistic work. And so we literally packed up our belongings and hit the road. So for years until I was, oh, wow, uh, 14 years old, we were on the road traveling. And so my mother taught me correspondence Oh, the first uh, three years, first, second, third grade, what we would call homeschool today. And then from fourth, fifth, sixth and seventh grades, they enrolled me in public school wherever we were having meetings. So in four years, I went to 32 schools. Wow. 
And so that's, you know, my life experience is totally different than anyone else that I've heard, except for maybe some missionary kids, you know. And and uh, so we were, you know, I would the, the shortest I was ever in one school was 15 days, three weeks. The longest was nine weeks. And I did that twice, two nine weekers and one one or two more eight weekers. And uh, so you're always the new kid in school. You're always, you know, uh, to be honest with you, after a while, I figured out it's not worth it to try to get to know people. You know, so you just come in, you go to school, you know, you 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 make some acquaintances because you, you're human. You have to have some interaction. But I didn't make an effort to get to know a lot of people because I'm, I'm going to be gone and I'm probably never going to be there again. And uh, and so it wasn't until we started my eighth grade year that my dad bought property in Baton Rouge and built the house. And mother and I stayed, you know, uh, stayed here except on holidays. And then we would join dad on the road. And uh, we did that until I graduated. And I went to Bible school at Southwestern Assemblies of God Bible College. And yep, in Waxahachie. But, you know, we, my whole life is church. You know, I, we averaged 300 nights a year in church. And, you know, I've slept on pews, under pews, under pianos. <laughs> I've slept in Sunday school rooms. You know, we started, we started back. Well, I can remember the first time we ever stayed in a Holiday Inn. And I literally asked my dad, is this heaven? <laughs> you know, back in those days, you know, they didn't know how to treat evangelists and they'd stick you in people's homes and which was horrible. And, and, you know, to this day, I won't stay in anybody's house. You know, I just, I'm not, I'm going to get a motel room. And, and, uh, I, you know, th and they would take you to go to this house for lunch and this house for supper, this house for breakfast. I mean, they would just, Trundle you. I remember one time in one place we had chicken 27 times. <laughs> it probably cooked 27 different ways, and most of them bad. Oh, you know, but yeah, so it was uh, it was unique, but yet at the same time, there was certain things uh, that I learned from it that are just. It, well, it defines who I am. Number one, it taught me not to be intimidated in sur new surroundings. So that doesn't bother me. Uh, it taught me to depend on myself, to entertain myself. And then number three, the best and most important thing I gleaned from it was my lifelong love of books. I became a reader. And I maintained that for all these years, reading several books a month, uh, amateur historian, love history. Uh, so, I, you know, I had to, you know, we no cell phones, no iPads to entertain yourself. Uh, so books became my escape, you know, and, and, and I always had a love for history. And I think I picked that up from dad because he's always loved, especially military history. He's always loved that. And so I would, um, I was reading way beyond my age bracket. I was reading when I was seven and eight years old, 
I was reading his books. And so I was not reading kids' editions of those books, of, of that story or whatever the case may be. And, uh, and if I didn't understand something, he was very gracious in explaining it to me. But I kind of, I had a knack for figuring things out on my own pretty quick. And um, so, you know, it, that, and then the negative side of it, and I'll be candid, there were negative sides. Of course. And that negative side is, you know, you don't learn how to develop and build one-on-one relationships like you should. You get so used to depending upon yourself that you have to force yourself, remind yourself when you're with people, be with them. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Donnie, so many people fantasize about a life of traveling, and if they if they actually tried it, the fantasy would end very quickly. I tell people <laughs> that the glory fades about nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> or when you get up every day at four o'clock in the morning to go catch a six a.m. flight, you know, yeah, or whatever, whatever uh, the case. Donnie, one of the things that I've had to deal with in my life, especially when I was younger, was uh, people who would come to me and criticize my father. And, uh, and most of the criticism was, was undeserved. And I know you've had to face that in your life as well. What, what, do you say, uh, what do you say when you receive criticism? How do you handle criticism? Well, it, it affects me differently if it's me personally. If I, if I don't know the person, who cares? I, it's totally irrelevant unless they're telling the truth. Yes. And then I, and then I think that I'm, I'm smart enough to say, Hmm, I might need to think about this. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and, and I've done that and I've had to go back to people and say, Hey, thanks for saying that. You know, I, I'm not sure I agree with it, but I, it's enough that I'm, I'm, I'm going to take that and think about that. But most of it, is undeserved and so and i don't know the people so it doesn't matter now when it comes to criticism of my family my parents that ain't gonna happen i won't put up with it i i I, i'll nip it in the bud real quick because those people they don't have the guts to say it to their face right so they either so they'll pick someone who they think is weaker uh you know or will take it whatever but i'm not going to take criticism of my family. My dad has made his mark. He's 87 years old. He doesn't have anything to prove to anybody. His uh, ministry and accomplishment speaks for itself. Uh, You know, I I, I tell people, well, you know what, when you've sold 20 million albums, when you've preached crusades all over the world, when you start a television network from scratch, when everybody in the industry says, you can't do it. And 11 years late, well, coming on now, our 12th anniversary, it's been the fastest growing television network in the history of television. My dad's the longest running preacher on television in television history. He's been on television every single week and now every day since 1971 without a break. No time off the air or anything like that. So 
when you when you have those accomplishments, then come back and criticize. Yeah, yeah. When you've done when you've done that, come back and say your piece. Yeah, well, I, I've handled it basically the same way that you have, uh, and most of it has been undeserved, as you said. But my father taught me that when you get criticized, like you said a moment ago, uh, judge it, see if there's any truth in it. And if there is, then make appropriate changes. And if it's not, just cast it off and pay no attention to it. So basically, that's what you're saying. That's what I have done all my life. Donnie, say a little word about, about Debbie and your family and your children. And I know uh, your, your son, Gabriel, although I've not met him personally, he and I have talked on the phone. I know he's right. pastoring the church now. So give us a little word about update on the family. Well, I'm pastoring the church. Oh, I thought, well, he told me he was. Well, we're, 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 we have three pastors, Dad, myself, and Gabriel. But I run the day-to-day -day affairs of the church. Uh, I only travel now one weekend a month, and I only do that nine times out of the year. So I only miss nine Sundays in, in, in travel. And uh, we preach, you know, each one of us preaches every third Sunday. But De I've been married to Debbie for 45 years. Hallelujah. You've got me. You've got me by three years. Lindsay and I just celebrated our 42nd. Jennifer is our oldest, and she and her husband and two children live in Athens, Georgia. And then, uh, of course, Gabriel, he's got four children, his wife, Jill. He lives right next door to me, and, uh, and he's here. And he is, and Richard, I'm going to have to tell, tell everybody, all three of my kids graduated from one of the best universities in the world, or Roberts University. I remember when you and Debbie brought him up there and we met in my office and yep. there were some tears shed because the, because your kids were going away. I know what that feels like. So, exactly. but, but I, I, but, uh, when your son called me, I guess it must've been a month or two ago, he called me and wanted to talk. We had the most wonderful talk on the phone. I know how proud you are of him. Absolutely. But you know, he, he, he was the only one of the three that, that at first did not graduate. He left after two and a half years, came back here and went into ministry. And then he went back uh, a couple of years ago and got his degree from ORU online. And now he's working on his master's degree Good. online with ORU. And of course, he is running the college, that Bible college that we have. Then my youngest son, Matthew, was he and Gabriel only a year apart. And he has three children and they live in Tulsa. And, uh, you know, of course, after he graduated, he met his wife there at ORU. She's from Minnesota. And uh, he, he got a job working at a church there. He was on staff at a church. And then a few years, uh, about three or four years into that, he resigned that position. He's still there at the church, but he started his own business. And now it's a multi-million dollar a year business. And he is just blowing and going and doing a great job and, and started this business from scratch and it just has just exploded on him. Oh, praise and, God. Uh, so, and all, but you know, the, the important thing, Richard, is, and the thing that Debbie and I are very grateful for, all three love the Lord. Yeah. All three safe, spirit filled. Uh, Jennifer and Cliff, my daughter, they're heavily involved. They go to a large Church of God church in Athens, heavily involved uh, in the different ministries of the church. Matthew is a leader in, in his church there in Tulsa. And of course, everyone, if they watch SBN, they see Gabriel uh, on a regular basis. And um, so, yeah, all of them, you know, even though only one is full time in ministry, all of them are involved in ministry and helps 
uh, and different a aspects. So grateful for that. Donnie, what do you see going on in the world today with the pandemic that we have faced here in America and around the world for the past two years, with, with what's happening in nations around the earth, with aggression, with uh, human rights abuses around the world, and we've been seeing that recently uh, brought to the headlines, especially through the Olympics, and we have seen what's happened uh, between Russia and, uh, and, and the Ukraine. What do you see God is saying to people today uh, to allay fears and worry and concern that's brought on by the media? Very good question, because I just worked on that today in a message I'm preaching Sunday morning. And I started off with the question that I'm going to ask the congregation, how bad does it have to get before we start praying? Based on Second Chronicles 7.14. And we got two problems. We, we, got, we got external problems and we've got internal. Internal, I speak of the, the external. We're dealing in our country, lawlessness. Lawlessness is out of hand. The attack on the police, it's almost like one is getting shot or killed every day now. And, it's, it, and that is a sign of no respect for law and order. And when people don't have respect for law, they don't have respect for human life, period. Uh, so we got the problem with lawlessness. We've got the problem with homelessness. But it's not what people think. It's really a problem of drugs and mental illness. And we're not handling it the right way. And I'm, I'm empathetic for someone who is legitimately homeless. But the fact of the matter is too many of them are homeless because they would rather shoot drugs and steal than go hold a job. And, or if you live in California, some other states, you don't have to steal. You're going to get $700, $800 a month to be a drug addict. And live on the street. So we've got our value systems all mixed up. We've got then we've got the encroachment of Marxism uh, that we're seeing in the country. And as one who has traveled over the years and spent time in socialist countries, you know, you and you see firsthand the end result of Marxism, you don't want anything to do with it. And you've got people pushing it right and left, the, the attack on capitalism. Uh, when the Bible is one of the most capitalistic books in the, ever written. And, and uh, so you've got that. But then in the, we come back to the pandemic. You know, you saw an opportunity for nefarious characters in our government to use a legitimate health situation to usurp power and take authority over its citizens in an unprecedented way. Now, I want to make it clear. I'm not against vaccinations. I'm vaccinated. Uh, and I got vaccinated for the simple purpose of I didn't want to quarantine if I went overseas. And uh, uh, so that's the only reason. If it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't have gotten vaccinated. And I'm not opposed to them. I just don't see the need for it. Uh, but I am opposed to the mandates that the government has tried to push and is pushing in some areas. An overreach. Especially the mass mandates on children in schools. It's one thing to tell me I've got to wear a mask on a plane. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to fuss about it. I got to get from point A to point B. So whatever, let's just go. And that'll probably be lifted in a couple of months from now. But it's something else when you deprive kids the ability to go to school, you force them to go online, which doesn't work for 
mass. If you're homeschooling, that's a different story. But uh, for a whole class of kids, no. And then when they come back, they've got to wear a mask. Uh, and forcing, you know, preschoolers to wear masks, it, it, it's getting to be ridiculous. And, of course, we're seeing the people rise up in rebellion against it, you know, right now. So that's the external. The internal is to do with the church. You know, the the word of the Lord is very explicit. You know, judgment must first begin at the, the house of, of the Lord. Lord. And I, I believe that what we're seeing going on in our country is a direct result because of the worldliness that's crept into the church. Um, you know, in, in second Chronicles, when, when, uh, when Solomon dedicated the temple, go back to chapter six and, uh, he offered up sacrifice. It begins with his prayer. He begins with pray. Where is the prayers in the church? Yes. Where's the intercession? Where are the intercessors? And I know there are some out there. I know worldwide there's intercessors, but not enough. And, you know, he, 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 he offered, he began with prayer and then he offered up sacrifice. 22,000 oxen, 120,000 uh, sheep. And, and all of that has spiritual applications in, in that, uh, for your prayers to be heard, it has to be based on the sacrificial atoning work of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. We have to know who he is and what he did. The cross is not just a doctrine in the Bible. It is the foundation of Christianity. It's the centerpiece, Donnie. Exactly. And it's not just for salvation or justification. It's for your everyday living. And it's for healing. Everything. Every benefit afforded under the new covenant comes through Calvary. And that's why the devil has fought so hard to keep us from talking about the cross, because he knows it's the centerpiece of Christianity. Absolutely. But then when we get over to chapter 7, and, and after he offers sacrifice, the Lord speaks to him and tells Solomon, you know, hey, listen, if I shut up the heavens and there be no rain. And if I allow locusts to devour the land and pestilence, et cetera, et cetera, which tells us that God controls everything that happens. So you have to ask yourself the question, is all of these things that we have going on in our nation, where we it looks like our nation is falling apart, is it the Lord doing it? Now, I can't answer that question. I can only surmise. And if he is allowing it, why? Well, he always allows, he, you go back to the Bible, he always allowed these situations to come against Israel to bring them back yeah. to the central core purpose. Come back to the cross. Come back to the proper sacrifice. Come back to Jehovah. Come back to the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's what I'm preaching Sunday morning. And that's where we've got to be. Here, here, Donnie. I wish I could be there to hear that and to cheer you on because you are right on the mark. 
we've been emphasizing the cross more and more in our television program because it is the centerpiece, not only for salvation, not only for healing, but for every part of your life, from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. That's, that's the centerpiece, and that's what Satan hates the most. And that means we've got to, we've got to focus on it even more. Uh, well, absolutely. And, and, you know, all biblical era, generally all can be traced back to the individual's improper understanding of who Jesus really is and what he did on the cross. If, if you don't, it's like the Godhead. If you don't, there's two things. If you don't get the Godhead right, and if you don't get the cross right, you cannot properly interpret the Bible correctly. Yeah, exactly right. Donnie, um, there are people that are watching and that are listening today uh, they're facing needs in their lives, some spiritual needs, some physical, some financial, some other needs. Would you pray over them, and then would you let me pray after you? Sure. Father, we come before you in the name that is above every name, our Lord, our Savior, our healer, our deliverer, Jesus Christ. Lord, you told us in your word that whatever our needs were, that we could come boldly into the throne room of grace in our time of need. And Lord, there are so many of your children that the enemy has warred against them, whether it's in their finances, whether it's in their home, whether it's in their mind, whether it's in their physical body, whether it's a spiritual attack. The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Right now, we bring every man, every woman, every teenager, every boy, every girl that will tune in to this podcast that is facing circumstances and situations beyond their comprehension. And Lord, the first thing is that we take authority over it in the name of Jesus. We come against the powers of darkness through the power of the risen Savior, the blood of the Lamb. And Satan, we remind you that you were defeated at Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago. Now, Lord, we would ask for blessing. We would ask for your grace to begin to flow into their heart and life and turn their test into a testimony. Encourage them. Uplift them. Let them right now sense your divine presence in their heart and life. You gave us a promise. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. We stand upon that promise because your promises are yea and amen. Minister to your people, and we bless them in the name of Jesus. Now, I add my prayers to Donnie's prayers, which I know are so sincere and heartfelt. I come against every satanic attack of the devil that has come against you, my friend, whether it be spiritual, physical, financial, emotional, family, business, ministry, marriage, whatever it is. I bind it in the name of Jesus. And I remind you that Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. So I bind it. I take authority over that and cast that out of your life by faith. And he also said, whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. So I loose the power of God because there's no distance in prayer. I send that word to you right now, according to the Bible, according to Psalm 107 verse 20, which says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. I pray over you today, my friend, be healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. And Donnie, my longtime friend, I pray over you and Debbie and over your family. And I pray over your precious dad and mom and the, the Swaggart ministry. I pray over the 
television network, the great church there in Baton Rouge, and everything that you set your hand to, all of your family, and this message you're going to preach, which is a very much needed message on Sunday morning. I set my faith with you in Jesus' name for it not only to touch people's hearts, but for them to take it to the streets in the authority of Jesus' name. I love you, my brother. I pray over you, and I believe God for his touch upon your life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> Donnie, this has been one of the best podcasts I've ever been involved in. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate it. I've been doing this a long time, and I sure have enjoyed being with you today. Well, I, can I say one thing before we have to go? Sure. I, I want to say something about your dad. I had the privilege in 19... Uh, 89, I believe, our last time we were ever in Tulsa at the convention center. And um, Sunday afternoon, and I walked in backstage. I have to get there, had to get there about an hour before we opened the doors. And somebody came up to me and said, uh, Brother and Sister Roberts are here, and we've put them in one of the dressing rooms. And so I immediately went in there and, and saw Brother and Sister Roberts. And of course, I had duties. And after about 10 minutes, I stuck my head out the door and say, you're in charge now. Go take care. <laughs> you know what to do. And I had the privilege of stay, spending time about an hour with your mom and dad. And, and, and I was telling somebody this weekend, this past week, of the profound effect that it had on this year. As I was a young man then his life you could sense the spirit of god talking to him it was and and as he began to relate certain things it was almost like i know what you're talking about we've been there it's happened here so many parallels but i just want to publicly state how how much of a debt we owe to the pioneers that paved the way. And, you know, Richard, one of the problems that we've got in the church world today is everybody wants young preachers and there's nothing wrong with that, but we need Abrahams. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the problems we have in the church world today is we got a lot of preachers that have got some charisma but they've never killed a lion or a bear, much less a giant. And that's who we need to be following. That's who we need to listen to. And that's who we need to speak into our lives. So I just want to thank you. Your dad's gone on to be with the Lord, but I will ever cherish that one hour of one-on-one -on -one time that I got to spend with your dad. It was a compendium of, of Bible college all pushed into one, four years <laughs> of, of in, into one hour. I asked so many questions and he was so gracious and, and just so gracious. And, you know, that's what a lot of people don't realize, you know, your dad's fame was famous. My dad's famous, but they're just people. Yeah. And your dad was down to earth just like my dad is just down. He's just a regular guy. He <laughs> likes to joke. He likes to laugh. Yes, he does. And, 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 um, but you know, too many, most people didn't get to see that side of brother Roberts, that personal one-on-one -on -one up close, like they don't get to see with my dad, but 
he was genuine. He was real. He was he was dedicated to what God had called him to do. So I just say thank you. Well, Donnie, let me let me repay that compliment with another one to you and to your family. Back in maybe a year or two before that, I was privileged and honored to be in a meeting with your dad and your mother, with my dad and my mother. It was just uh, Jimmy and Francis and Oral and Evelyn and Richard in a room for about two hours. And I got to see that side of Jimmy Swaggart that you talked about seeing on Oral Roberts. And uh, your dad and your mom were so gracious and so loving, not only to my mother and dad, but to me. And it meant a great, great deal to me. I'll cherish that. I'll never forget that time together. Now, I've been in a number of services where your dad has ministered. In fact, your, your dad threw a glass of water at me once at the NRB in jest, in jest from the platform. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. We had a big time that night, but I got in, in that room with your dad and mom and my dad and my mother, I got to see a side of Jimmy Swaggart that the world has never seen, just like you got to see uh, the side that the world hasn't seen from my father. So I love you. I love your family. And please give my love uh, to, to Jimmy and Francis and to all those, all the Swaggart clan in Baton Rouge, okay? I will do that, Rich. God bless you, and thank you for being on. And thank you so much, my friends, for joining us today on Expect a Miracle. I'll see you next time. God bless. Bye-bye. Text giving is now available. If you're in the USA, text RRM to 833-881-6442. Now, if you're in Canada, text RRM Canada to 77977. Your generosity makes a difference.